Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Takeout Delivery and Catering Show. I am your host, Valerie Killifer, and always I am joined by my esteemed co-host, Earl Dardick. Earl, how are you today? I'm doing great, Val. Just got back from Food on Demand in Chicago a couple of days. Learned a lot, met a lot of people. Very excited to be here. We got we got wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guy on, on today. Really excited yes. about that. Yeah. How about you? Oh, I'm good. I just saw you at Food on Demand, and that's always a happy reunion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we have uh, Fast Casual Powerhouse Corner Bakery Cafe on the show, and uh, and our guest is uh, the CEO, Frank Pacey. And uh, the reason that we have them is that they are really are considered one of the best in the industry when it comes to off-premise, not just and not just by us, right? Well, listen, Val, you know, Corner Bakery in the DNA deep has always had catering in its bones from the very beginning, even back to the time when, you know, Dave Wolfgram or, you know, before that was so many, many years that the system has really integrated the concepts of, uh, you know, the can-do attitude, the, the, the whole perspective on, on really, uh, you know, increasing your hospitality and really killing them with service to be able to do off-premise. And so it's deep. And so, you know, Frank is uh, is a great leader and has, has a great team. Uh, but what's interesting, and I hope Frank will share with us today, and you know, Frank maybe will open the conversation, is just, uh, you know, I think uh, when, you're, when you're a brand that's been doing it already for 15 or 20 years or longer, and it's in the DNA, and you build the business to a certain point, and you're ahead of the market, and you're, you're, you, know, you have in-house development and, you know, process and systems, and many other people in the restaurant space miss this market. And now the market's, of course, catching up and, you know, the world of third parties and digital channels, and it gets harder to grow a system that's already got an incredible, uh, you know, average unit volume of, of catering and takeouts. Um, so that's, that's a, I hope we have a great conversation about that today. Yeah, yeah. And for full disclosure, we work with Corner Bakery Cafe. Uh, here at Monkey Group on their off-premise operations, but they really got it and kind of had a plan uh, before we stepped in. Um, to your point, when Dave Wolfgram was there, and um, they've just really built out a phenomenal program. Yeah, well, as you said, a powerhouse. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So with that, let's bring Frank on. Frank, hello, how are you today? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Very well. We're all good. good. Yes, yes. We just got to spend a couple of days with... Um, Ed Keller, who is uh, your head over there of off-premises. It's always fun seeing Ed. Yes. Ed's, Ed's done a great job with us. Good. Yeah. So before we get into sort of the conversation about um, the off-premise program, Frank, tell us a little bit about your background in food service and um, you know what really differentiates Corner Bakery in the off-premise space. Well, thanks. Um, my background in food service, I started uh, way back in the in the 80s, late 80s, with uh, Burger King in finance. Uh, I then took responsibility for franchise development for the U.S. and and ultimately worldwide franchise sales and development. Um, Went to Pizza Hut as general manager of what they called their non-traditional business, which was, you know, uh, we did the initial Pizza Huts in Taco Bell's uh, when I was there, but we also had a delivery program there where we actually delivered uh, pizzas for school food service. Uh, so almost wholesaling the, the pizza business and uh, actually developed a licensed um, business where we sold pizza kits to be made off premise. So, so I've been kind of doing a little bit of this off premise stuff for, for a while. 
um, spent some time in some retailers and then joined McAllister's uh, in 2010. Um, left there whenever they got sold to Focus, went to Einstein's, and then it got sold quickly and then came back into the Rourke family at uh, Corner Bakery and have been there since uh, 2015. I think, you know, if you look at Corner Bakery, um, you know, for, for years, I think the quality of the food has been there. Um, the, as, as you guys both mentioned, catering was core to the business for a long time. Um, and I think, you know, in, in general, it's, it's really when people think of Corner Bakery for catering, what we've heard from guests is that's their special occasion catering uh, because of the quality uh, of the, the food and the level of dedication and execution that we do on it. And we've, you know, we've always delivered it. Um, so it, I think that was really one of the, the first things we've had. So we've had delivery vans in, uh, in all of our stores uh, since the beginning. So. And Val, you know, just I, I have not, you know, I've always looked at Corner Bakery as a, as a model. Uh, you know, there's really only five brands I felt many years ago that were doing this well. You know, Corner Bakery was one of them. Mm-hmm. Panera, of course, was doing it. You know, uh, you know, Boston Market understood the strategy of catering very early. This is, I mean, uh, you know, even, well, for example, fellows like, you know, Ed Keller, who came out of the Boston Market system and is now, you know, uh, Frank's experience, you heard, you heard Ed's experience, and they've come together now on this vision and that they're sharing and and making even further improvements into into what is already an, a mature operating model. Um, and, and that's a fascinating thing to do because, you know, you're polishing the edges of the business or finding the improvements as opposed to a lot of brands out there are just getting into it, Frank, you know, as right. you know, right? Um, you know, they're just now starting to build catering or you know, what's the strategy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, and, yeah, I, I think the other thing that's interesting is uh, part of that, part of that's even, it's even factored into our development strategy, right? And both to a pro yeah. and a con is that catering is such a core uh, piece of our business yeah. that we've kind of set our stores where the catering trade areas are optimized as opposed to looking at the retail trade areas, right? So right. we could probably put stores closer together if they were doing yeah. retail, but when right. you look at catering, uh, you, you've got a different yeah. different size trade area that you're looking at. So Right, right. So that's in your consideration set. That's that's absolutely in our uh, consideration set. Well, that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff that's brilliant that our listeners really want to understand because those are the subtleties of the key decisions that you're making to, uh, you know, help accelerate all of it, you know? So... So just, you know, Frank, just from your perspective, I mean, as you, as you align your, your system and your franchisees and your operations and you're dealing with uh, the concepts of now third party, um, when you look at menu, specifically look at menu, do you, are you segmenting more menus for every market? Like, so for example, you have your catering menu, uh, you have your, uh, your in-store menu, you have your takeout menu that maybe you do your direct business. Are you now segmenting like a... Um, like a limited time offer type menu for delivery where you top six items, you know, that kind of thing. Are you seeing that? We have not done that yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what we, what we have done in segmenting is much more, um, you know, for the catering menu, it's, it's much more of bulk ordering as yeah. opposed to individual items grouped together. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it fits to, Hey, if you've got a party of this size, here's how we can do that. So we can, we can recommend those things to groups by baskets and bundles that we have within catering, which are very different than what's on our regular menu. Right. So have some items that don't travel well that we don't offer on the K 
catering menu. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that on delivery, though, you could get those individual items, right? And, and at, you know, at this point in time, you know, this is the, the conversation about the soggy fries, not that we have any fries. Yeah, right. right. There's, mm-hmm. there's an expectation in delivery that um, you might have to reheat it or, or whatever. But uh-huh. uh, in, in catering, we don't do that. But we do have you know, regular hot catering. So our pasta uh, product is a hot catering item that we can do. And we actually bring all the, the things to keep it hot on the line and, and things like that as part of, of that. So it's really, it's almost like two, two separate businesses. And each store in our system has a, a catering supervisor mm-hmm. who is responsible for the catering business. Um, so right. it's, it's, it, it is almost like two separate businesses within one uh, location. Right, and but you can are you controlling the order to cash cycle for that entire transaction? So, right from the order comes in, the order gets made, the order gets packaged, the order gets delivered, uh, and then of course you resolve payment somewhere in there. For um, for, ca- for, for, for catering, for, yeah, for catering, yeah. you're you're right, yeah, right, right. So like you're right. Yeah. So we're yeah, we control the entire cycle on the catering. Yeah, Frank, what kind of shaped your view of off premise in the last ten years, uh, and how are you able to apply that there? Well, you know, I think it's interesting that forever in the food service business, one of the key decision criteria has been convenience. And so I think all that we're really seeing is, you know, how do you continue to enhance the convenience of the business, right? So everything from um, order and self-pickup, where you don't have to wait in line again to pay for it, to delivery and all those kind of things have all are all really just kind of playing on, in my mind are playing on the convenience part of that. So mm-hmm. it's not a surprise to see, you know, I mean, drive-throughs have been around forever. That was the original convenience, right? And so you kind of right. go from drive-through to catered delivery to, you know, uh, individual delivery. I mean, you look at uh, the, the old red roof pizza hut business and then Domino's came in for delivery. Um, right. So it's uh, to me, this is just a continuation of how do we make it more and more convenient uh, for the guest? That's really what they're doing. And, and the reality is they're willing to pay for that convenience. And that's when you look at, you know, there is costs associated with the delivery and, and the people who, are, who want that convenience are willing to pay for it. Right. But your customers, Frank, are wanting all channels, aren't they? Don't they? Sometimes oh, yeah. they want to come in, sometimes they... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because... Um, even when we even when we started talking about looking at, at the guest analytics, right? You have different occasion sets, right? So right. especially within Corner Bakery, because of the multiple day parts, right? So one of the things we have that's different is we do have the breakfast steak parts. So right. we have breakfast catering as well as lunch catering, as well as as uh, you know, we don't do that much dinner catering, but yeah. but really the having the breakfast and the lunch. So as a result, we have people who are using it as an individual item. Hmm. Uh, during lunchtime on the weekends, it's families coming in for breakfast, maybe after church. Hmm. Um, and then you've got people who are, are ordering at their desk and saying, hey, I can't, I can't leave the office, so let me get it delivered in. So to right. me, those are all different need states that the guest has. And then to me, whatever, whatever need state it is, we need to be able to serve them in a way that, that meets that need state. So. Right. So developing solutions uh, for them to give them a good reason to come back and spend more money with you. That's exactly right. right. I mean, that's the whole thing. So, so this whole marketplace that's now developing in terms of the digital channels and and Frankie, as you know, I work, I'm working a lot out there with a lot of brands and, uh, you know, as well as supply chain and you know industry conferences and things. I, I just came back from Food on Demand 
you know, it was fascinating to see uh, they had a format where where all of the marketplaces had an opportunity to come present in like like they were 15 minutes. They had like a like a little flash talk, you know, um, right. and it was super interesting to I mean, Google was there. Amazon restaurants was there. Um, and it was super interesting. And so, you know, the, the, the sort of the vision, the future where it seems to be in the digital world is that the fight for Internet real estate is really real and on. Um, and so companies like, for example, Amazon is battling with Walmart, you know, as an example. And that, in fact, uh, all of these channels are going to are, are going to open up for food service operators. So for, you know, there's a time in the near future where you might have a partnership with Walmart where they're selling where you're publishing corner bakery menus through their marketplace it's business they're driving to you through and you're paying a percentage like just like grubhub or any of these places it's crazy well you know the other thing that's, the other thing that's interesting to me is um you know corner bakery has been around and we have some great locations in in urban areas like downtown chicago that we pay a significant amount of money to have those great locations um, when you look at the third-party delivery sites everybody's kind of got the same location right i mean and so you you really have to look at okay how what can you do to to move up in those locations how do you increase the awareness there um because you know the one the one store guy who's doing delivery that's on there versus the chain that's on there they might be right next to each other so how how do you make yourself stand out in those and so uh you know we've done some promotions in partnership with them to to get us Mm. to to raise up in that uh, in the ranking on there, so yeah. Is your strategy on that clear yet? Or are you looking for like the right partners? Are you setting it up so that you can take digital orders from all places? Like, what do you have? Is your thinking evolved to that much at this? point? Well, what we've done is, um, you know, we've done a couple partners at this point in time. We've done Grubhub and DoorDash. Uh, the nice thing about the DoorDash is we're using Olo for our online ordering, so they can come right in without having the iPads. I'm not sure we want to have the proliferation of, of iPads in the back of the store. Um, mm. But I mean, ultimately, I think one of the challenges that, that we have as a brand our size with you know 180 locations is the amount of money that's being spent now on advertising the, the third-party aggregators is just amazing. Yeah. You can't kind of turn on the TV without seeing a Grubhub mm. or a DoorDash ad. Um, right, so big media. Yeah, so there, there's a big, big media, media that 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 yeah. I can't compete about, you know, even though I have my own house delivery yeah. for catering, and we're you know we're testing in-house delivery as well, but it's tough to to raise that awareness to the level of the advertising yeah. that those folks have. So, well, I think you know, community is going to have to get together, Frank. Ultimately, right. so I think you know what I've learned in this whole thing up to this point is that. You know, everybody's trying to find their way in this, you know, the business model shifting, uh, you know, no question about it. Uh, but it's happening across all industries. Technology is, you know, getting into everything, which is, you know, shifting the winds. Because you now have technology companies that have, that have you know, direct access to consumers um, and and then, you know, big, you know, capital behind it to, to uh, you know, try and uh, shift the, the the buying habits, right? And then, of course, it's all connected to loyalty and discounting and and all that stuff that's happening there. You know, it's a battleground for uh, you know what is ultimately the customer data. So I think the other thing is too, who does the customer belong to, right? So it's kind of an interesting conversation. With there are 
DoorDash customers who are not currently corner bakery customers, right? Yeah. So yeah. Well, those are those are a benefit. Those are a benefit to the and brand. That, and that's that's what the point I'm making is is that there are people in there that I can now get yeah. my brand in front of, and right. yeah, I have to pay the the fee that I have to pay, but I'm typically I'm getting that at full price. I'm not discounting uh, that. Uh, I'm yeah. also not paying the credit card fee on that transaction. And, you know, so mm-hmm. when you look at the cost there and you think about that as marketing costs, and oh, by the way, in each one of those packages, I get an opportunity to put a, a flyer in there about my brand and educate the person about that. I mean, there is, there is some benefits from those things, uh, even though, you know, from a profitability right. standpoint, it's a, it becomes a challenge, so. Everybody will find a compromise. In, in fact, I believe that those, the, what's, you know, the technology companies are, if, if those are the types of things that are happening more often than not, because there's the other side, of course, which is, you know, the cannibalization of customers. And I think ultimately what's going what's to happen is mm-hmm. uh, everybody's going to find the model that works. The rationalization will happen. Consolidation will take place. Um, and ultimately, in the long run, it's going to be very good for food service operators with the right partners. Um, because everybody has to stay in business. So I think ultimately that's where it has to land there at some point um, in, in the process. But um, so I think you have to pick your partners carefully. I think that's a given. But, you know, there, there are services that, that uh, you know, marketplaces are putting in place that take some of the pressure off of the uh, uh, operations, right? So, right. How do you determine who the right partners are when you have so many? you know, coming at you every day? Well, it's all about the people at the end of the day, but I think ultimately, and it's, you know, the moves they make. So for example, you know, even in our case, as we, as we progress down the path of the next generation of our company and, 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 uh, you know, the people that are behind it, the people that are involved, the people that are working on it are committed to making it work for our customers, which is, you know, part of, part of our transition. So, you know, even, even as we transition through this time and, you know, technology companies, you know, I'm in, I'm in that mix. It's my whole world, you know. So ultimately, we've worked so hard to make our customers happy that the, the logic is that the next people coming along to preserve the legacy and build the, the concepts are there to make it uh, work for the customers. Uh, in our case, they're restaurant companies. Corner Bakery is a customer, right? So you have to assume that, uh, uh, you know, the reasonability is going to prevail in that process, right? Because ultimately... The brand itself has to survive, which is which has been, you know, my whole thing has been about taking control. And you know, this just for you know this particular episode, as we have Frank and we're talking deep about strategy and discussion, you know, is you know which I'm grateful for because ultimately the com- the, the commitment that the entire organization, specifically at Corner Bakery, has to the off-premise strategy, which is leadership, centralized services. Uh, you know, technology, packaging, delivery, vans, all of those elements, um, those are, uh, you know, critical aspects to the success of, of, you know, Frank's team. So, uh, but they're, you know, they're highly committed. They're investing. They're, they're really take it seriously. You know, uh, it's a big part of their consideration set on every decision they're making. So that is the lesson that uh, if anybody listening to this episode wants to take away and is thinking of starting catering or, thinking about what to do about their off-premise strategy that ultimately, um, you know, looking to the model of, of, you know, leaders like Frank and his team and the brand, uh, you know, that's, that's the exercise, you know. 
Yeah. Well, have, Frank, what, so what's the biggest investment that you've made in terms of off-premise and, and you know, what's been the outcome of that? Well, obviously, uh, for us, it's it's been the vehicles and the people. Uh, that's that's really, you know, uh, those have, those have been around a long time, and the processes and procedures uh, that we have, which include, you know, after delivery, follow up calls. I mean, so it's a very it's a very systematized approach that we've had, and you know, the you know our catering business is about twenty five percent plus of our sales. Uh, which is you know almost a half a million dollars per store. So that that by itself is kind of like a, a a a business in each store, and so that's really been the, the biggest investment for us. Uh, the other part that uh, we've been investing in is is obviously the infrastructure of um, online ordering. So in our in our catering business now, almost forty five percent of our orders are coming in through online ordering. Um, so it's a, it's really been a big, uh, investment for us and, you know, it's convenient for the people who are ordering the catering business to do that. So, um, but it's, but it's interesting in terms of when you look at the technology between, um, what you have to do to integrate with third party guys, what you need to do to do your on own online ordering and to have all the complexities, especially when you're operating in different geographies, different tax rates. Um, you know, franchisees who have different operations. It's a it's a very complex yeah. infrastructure that you've got to set up to support all that. So, this is a great episode, Val, because I mean, Frank is really sharing, mm-hmm. you know, what the subtleties that he's talking about there at in the enterprise space, which is the scale. Uh, the the commitment is deep, is very very deep. Yeah, then you've got to integrate that on the back office. I mean, we we had a strategic investment or a technology meeting where we drew out all the interrelations. And, you know, as we look at, look forward to, uh, you know, testing call centers and uh, voice ordering and kind of figuring out how the path of how does all that information get into the store to get uh, into the kitchen to make sure that everything gets delivered and done, done well and into the back office so that you control the the costs on that. It's a, it's really a fascinating exercise to think about the fact that we virtually have three POSs between the, the catering POS, which is effectively with Monkey, uh, Olo, which is doing the online ordering, our in-store POS. And yeah. then you've got the third party people feeding into all those things. It's really a, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, to understand yeah. how that all works from an infrastructure standpoint. So right, but it, it, the thing is, it's coming together, Frank. You're seeing it, right? You're, you can right. see it. Yeah. Right, but it, but we also have to look at. Okay, great. That's how it is today. How how does it yeah. have to be right. forward? What's what can totally. you to, to streamline that? Because there are right. complications in all yeah. each one of those things. So. Yeah, well, that that's where the whole you know the industry valve, where you know where the edge that it's at was you know where the next generation of technology in our industry is coming is through the consolidation process and the eco, the, the ecosystems where you have a single technology stack is developing. You can see it; it's coming. You know, but mm-hmm. um, but it's still disconnected because you know, as Frank said, he's still running three different subsystems, and you know, so the database aren't shared and the APIs and how they interact, and they're trying to forecast what's coming next. You know. Right, and and, and and to, and to simplify it for the operations, and then to yeah. understand what does that do to your in-store operations. Right. So, right, right. If, if I'm getting 
10% of my business that is no longer touching my cashiers. Right. Because it's coming directly into the kitchen. Yeah. What's that mean about how I have to deploy my labor right. to offset some of the costs that I may be bearing on. It's just, so interesting. It, but, it, it, it's, very, it's very fascinating. So. Yeah, really. So, so there will be a time soon where you'll run Corner Bakery completely in the cloud. Yes. Well, when you say that, I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Uh, so the concept where maybe there's no more hardware and everybody's working on their phones or tablets or computers, um, all well, aspects. I think, I, think, I think you'll still have you'll still have kitchen display screens. The data won't be necessarily sitting in the store, if that's right. your question, right? But right. Still, I think you still have devices. But, I mean, I could see a time where right. if, you, if, you, if you go to the ultimate step of saying, if I can order... Um, through an Alexa from home, mm-hmm. uh, can I order through a speaker in the store? Do I need a kiosk to order in store? Right, right. because right. it's a lot easier for me to come in and say, "Hey, want to choose two with an uptown turkey and a right <laughs> and a tomato soup?" Than it is to go over to a kiosk and key that all in. Right, and if if right. I can do that with voice ordering at home, can I do that with voice ordering in the store? And do I do I, or do I have do I have the POS set up so that it can either face the customer or that it can face the counter. And I can have someone who, who can be a guide as opposed right. to someone right. who's keeping something in. So I think right. Right. all those things, when you, when you talk yeah. about what does the future look like? So, yeah, right. So using technology to speed up the service and throughput ultimately, right. And accuracy right. Uh, right. in, in all channels. Wow. It, it really is fascinating. Wow. Well, you're, you're, you're getting to be the, uh, you know, the leader at an interesting time, Frank, in this, uh, on the operation side, um, but it's tough, right? Like it's just, it's not, do you feel like it's getting harder and harder to keep your margins and, and run your business so that you're, you know, oh, there's, getting, getting there's, cash flow? Oh, great question. Yeah, there's no question that it is. I mean, but it is. It, 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 the biggest challenge um, that we have is the, is the minimum wage um, yeah. because mm-hmm. the, the, the minimum wage issues have then, on top of whether you're talking about third-party delivery charges or whatever it is, right. those those all have consequences of the business. And then also, if the business becomes less dine-in, what does that mean for your square footage from a long-term standpoint? So I have, you know, I have existing stores that may have four thousand square feet that I only need two thousand square feet in the future, and that may help me from the economic model as I look at that. So I think you almost have to look at, you know, here's what today's economic model look like. If I look at an economic model that has X percent catering, X percent delivery, um, much less dine-in, if you will, um, what do those economics look like in the business? So, right. Okay. Well, so let's ask Frank one more question before we wrap it up. And that is, um, Frank, what do you think restaurant operators need to do to really make off-premise a success for their brands? N- number one is order accuracy. It's interesting that if you if you look at it, Right. When you're in restaurant, you can recover if you've made a mistake on someone's order. If you don't have, if you haven't done the order accurately, there's no way to recover. And you may not ever get another chance to, uh, to deal with them as a customer if you've, if you've given them a bad experience that way. Right. So, and that was always, that was always the challenge in the drive through portion of the business. Right. So it's, it is, uh, that to me, that's the number one thing that you can do that does that. I think the other piece of that is, are, are there things you need to do with packaging that will help on the 
the delivery business that it's not just the same as it is if it's in store or takeout. So there may be things you need to do with those. I think those are really kind of the two things where, where you could potentially differentiate yourself. And I think I think also doubling down on your technology stack, Val, and I, I'll speak on Frank's behalf only because I have insight, <laughs> but, but uh, they are ahead of many, 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 many brands out there in terms of what they've done. So that's a big piece of the puzzle. And Vans, Vans, all of it. Yeah, it, it, and it is. You, you do need to keep keep pushing, I think, is that, okay. uh, because other people are going to come. And, you know, it is, it is a disruptive market at this point in time and need to be aware of that. And you know, not ignore it, I guess, is, 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 is number one, and then just execute it well as you do that. So, and, yeah. and ultimately it comes well, down right. to people, right? You've got to have, you've got to have really, the people. Yeah, and I course, think course. You know, that, that is another challenge that's out there, right? In, in today's current marketplace is, um, yeah. you know, making sure you have the right people to do that because everybody wants, everybody wants the same people, right? So, and, and have the right training and, all those kind of things. So. Well, Frank, thanks so much for talking to us. And we're going to see you in Nashville at, on the symposium, right? So that, Absolutely. Thank you for doing that. So yep. really appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. I appreciate it. 